Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find them at HeidiHarris.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. You can also catch my live local radio show at 6.70 a.m. weekdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. live from Las Vegas. And a link to listen to the show live is also found at HeidiHarris.com. I saw an interesting little quick thing on home shopping the other day. A woman was demonstrating an appliance and Obviously, that's not my thing. I wasn't going to watch the demonstration, but I just happened to catch just a few seconds of it. And she was talking about some blender or something. And she said, yeah, this device, whatever it was, allows me more time with my kids. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) How did that happen? When I was a kid, we were in the kitchen with mom. Now, I hate to cook. I never, ever caught the gene from my mother. She loves to cook. She's fantastic at it. She would try to teach me. She'd stir something. I'd wander out of the kitchen. But at the very least, we were in there. We learned how to make cookies and things like that. At least I learned basics just to keep myself alive from my mom. But this was one of the things that we all did when we were kids. We participated with our parents in cooking. And it was so interesting to me that this particular product demonstrator didn't seem to think it was odd to say you don't get to spend time with your kids until you're done with your kitchen chores. Really? Why don't you teach your kid how to make a smoothie? It's so odd to me. It used to be that kids would do things with their parents other than just recreation. Nowadays, you got kids sleeping until 10, 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning while mom and dad are mowing the lawn, getting the groceries and everything else, and the kids are saying, hey, call us when we're heading to Disneyland. (laughs) Meanwhile, mom and dad do everything. I have seen this more than you can possibly imagine. Now, as a kid, the last thing I wanted to do was help. We had a boat when I was a little kid, And I didn't want to clean it out. My brother and I did not want to come back from the lake when we were tired, probably sunburned, and have to clean out the boat. But that was our job. That's what you do when you're, wait for it, part of a family. Now, I don't have kids, but I've been around kids, certainly, and I'm still around kids a lot. If I had children of my own, I would say to them, no, this is a family. This is not a bed and breakfast. As part of a family, these are the duties that you have to keep everything running, whatever they might be. I've seen families where mom comes home with groceries and the kids are lying on the couch. They don't even get up and offer to help with the groceries. Did I want to do that? No, I did not want to get off the couch and help my mom bring groceries in. But it wasn't even an option that I couldn't. She would tell us, get off the couch, help me with the groceries. Or my stepdad would, or my dad did, or whatever. Somebody always told us we didn't get away with it. And if something was going on in the kitchen, something was going on in the yard, Thanksgiving dinner, whatever, I'd be in there stirring, I'd be helping. This ridiculousness of, well, you have more time with your kids if you have this blender, it just doesn't make sense to me. Kids nowadays don't know how to mow a lawn. Most kids don't have lawns in Vegas, but those who do, they're not up on Saturday morning at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning mowing lawns or trimming trees or doing whatever. In fact, my former producer used to say that his father on Saturday morning always got him up early to help around the house, whatever it might be, whether they were doing tiling, some kind of flooring, anything like that. He was up helping. My husband said the same thing. My husband said on Saturday morning, we had a list of chores that had to be done because he was one of four kids. He said, and if they weren't done, we did not get to watch cartoons. Well, I was a little different in my house because cartoons were on pretty early and my dad was a musician, so he slept. So the last thing my dad was going to want was a bunch of banging and crashing as we did chores. (laughs) So we watched the cartoons first. I don't remember having a list of chores per se, but there were things that we had to do. And it's just, 
sad that nowadays parents don't seem to require that from a lot of their kids. I can't believe how many kids are living home at 25 with no plans to leave, no full-time job, and no plans to go anywhere. And what's scarier is they have no desire to go anywhere. It's weird to me. I couldn't wait to move out when I was an adult. There's a particular thing that I notice every spring with the bird feeder that my husband and I put out. You see the bird showing up, mommy and daddy bird, obviously working very hard to raise the family. And then once the birds get to the point where they can fly, but not really feed themselves yet, they will sit on the fence or by the bird feeder and they'll flap their wings really hard. You've probably seen it happen. And there's a certain way that they flap their wings to get their parents' attention. That's how you can tell who the babies are, even if they have all their feathers. And mom and dad will go to the bird feeder then, get the food, regurgitate it, give it to the babies, instead of having to bring it back to the nest. Well, now, that summer's here, I've noticed some of the same birds, at least they seem like the same birds, who knows, sparrows and whatnot. The babies show up and now the babies are flapping their wings because they can fly and mom and dad are saying, no, come on down here. Here's where the bird feeder is. We're not bringing it up to you anymore. That's what happens when birds don't want, oh, I don't know, last year's crop still living in the nest next year. <laughs> and people aren't smarter than that. That's what's so scary, is that birds are more likely to prepare their children for adulthood than human beings are now. And what's scarier about that is how many kids are not gonna be equipped for adulthood? You have to understand that when you raise children, you're not raising them for you. You're not raising them to work in your particular family dynamic. You are raising children who can be somebody's spouse, someone's employee, maybe somebody's boss, whatever the situation might be. You're not supposed to raise them for yourself. You're supposed to kick them out of the nest if necessary because you know that long-term that's better for them. I know it's tough. It's tough to be a parent. It's really hard. I saw a woman the other day at the store with a little kid and he was in timeout by some cardboard boxes because he had a fit about whatever it was. I felt bad for her, but she was handling it the right way. Of course, I would have gotten given a swat on the tush, but now if you swat a kid on the butt, now you're worried about child abuse. And it's tough when you're a parent, and let's say, for example, you spent all day long planning a picnic in Mount Charleston. You pack the car, you get the food ready, you do all the things you have to do, everybody's ready to go, and one of your kids pitches a fit, starts acting up, pulling an attitude, the last thing anybody wants to do is to turn that car around and go back home. But you know that if you don't, if you tolerate an attitude of ingratitude or whatever it might be, you know that if you don't turn that car around, that you'll have to continue to put up with this kind of stuff. But if you do turn the car around, it won't take more than once or twice before the kid realizes, I don't care how much time I spent getting ready, I don't care how much time the whole family spent getting ready, you got an attitude, you aren't going, wherever it might be. Take the kid back, leave him with a neighbor, and the rest of the family goes or whatever. It's not easy. It's much easier just to give in and say, whatever, I just want peace. Can we just have a nice day in the mountains or whatever and just have a good time? Much, much easier to do that. But unfortunately, that's not good parenting. If you're at a restaurant, for example, it doesn't take more than once or twice when your kid acts up. I'm not talking about a two-year-old who you've had out all day and not allowed him to take a nap, and then you sit and have a two-hour dinner and you get mad because he gets hyper. I hate that when parents do that. It's ridiculous. I can't sit through a two-hour dinner, and I'm a little older than two. But if you have a kid four, five, six years old, old enough to sit through dinner, who starts throwing a fit, you know what? You have to go out to the car and maybe spank them and bring them back in or leave the restaurant. Once you do that a couple of times, it stops. It's just the little stuff you have to do along the way that actually makes it easier 
long term. But when a kid acts up and knows he or she gets something, whether they're at the grocery store or anywhere else, or even if they don't get something, they get away with something, they get mouthy and you don't do anything about it, then it just emboldens them. Remember, the kids are little terrorists. They have sin natures. They think they should be in charge of everything. The first word they learn is no. You notice how kids start with that? No, 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 no. It's the first word they say. The second one is mine. Mine, 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 mine. Like the seagulls, remember from Finding Nemo? Mine, 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 mine. That's what kids are like. They have little sin natures and they don't care about anybody. I'm not saying they're all monsters. They're not, but they're selfish. They only care about themselves and they don't want to do what anybody else wants them to do. So it's up to adults to civilize them. I know this isn't breaking news. This isn't revolutionary parenting, but bottom line, you don't see it happening anymore. There are a lot of kids who have no respect for their parents. And if your kid is at the age where they won't move out, they're 25 years old, you got a huge problem. Because when are they going to? Are they going to move out when they get married? I don't think anybody should get married unless they've lived on their own. Anyone. I don't think men or women have any business getting married until they've lived on their own for a while, till they've unclogged their own sink, till they have had to deal with the power company, until they've had to, you know, pick out furniture, budget things, whatever. You need that time. I would never want to marry a man who'd never lived on his own. Are you kidding? Never. And I don't think a woman should either. A woman should know how to unclog a sink and do a lot of those kind of things. And so a lot of parents who want to keep their kids home until they get married are not preparing them. What's going to happen the first time something goes wrong in the house? And dad's not there to do it. Now you have to as the man of the house. You're not raising a man of the house. You're raising a child. And I just see it more and more. I see Christian parents doing this more and more. It's, it's shocking actually to me because the things that you're allowing your kids to do are not the things that your parents would ever have tolerated and the generation before them would have tolerated even less. So the older we get, the farther we get along generationally, the more kids are getting away with and the less equipped they are to deal with bullying, chores around the house, or actual responsibility. I know there are people who don't want to see their kids suffer. I get that. You don't want them to ever be sad. So you want to insulate them from any kind of problem in life. Well, you know what? That's not the real world. The best thing you can do is prepare people for life. I saw a friend post a picture on Facebook over the weekend of a girl who looked passed out in a bikini, just passed out on some bench. And people were commenting and I said, well, that's where Me Too comes from. And of course I had some feminist women go after me and I said, no, 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 I want to empower her. Someone needs to tell her that she shouldn't go out in public without a friend she can count on. Have I been drunk and, and not passed out, but been pretty drunk? Yes, but I've been with people I trusted. Maybe somebody slipped something in her drink. Maybe she had too much to drink. We don't know. But people immediately jumped down my throat as if I was accusing her of something. I was accusing her of nothing. I was saying she should have a friend with her she can trust. And the interesting thing about it is the guy who posted the picture was not doing anything for her. Had I been there, I would have sat with her. I would have called security or paramedics and said, hey, somebody watch out for this young lady. I don't know what her situation is. Maybe she had too much to drink, whatever. Anybody can find themselves in that situation. Let's protect her. The other night, I was in a situation where I was walking away. I had worked an award ceremony on the strip. So I was wearing tennis shoes because I'd been on my feet all day. 
And as I was walking up a side street from the MGM Garden, I saw this beautiful woman in this very long dress with high heels on, barely making it up the street. So I came up alongside her because she was by herself. And I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah. And she told me a sad story about some things that had happened, but her feet were killing her. She could barely walk in those horrible shoes. So you know what I did? I stayed with her until we got to the strip because I didn't trust that little alleyway. Now I know my way around, but she didn't. And I said, I'm going to stay with you and I'm going to walk with you until we get to the strip. So once we got to the strip, I pointed to a shoe store. I said, you know what I think you should do? I, she said, I know, go buy some shoes. I said, that's right. Go into Skechers, buy yourself some flip-flops or whatever. Take these horrible shoes off because you are in danger right now. You can't run from somebody or anything who would try to hurt you. And she knew that. She was a smart girl. Turned out she was in radio. That's a crazy thing. So she wasn't dumb. She wasn't drunk. Nothing like that. But the sisterhood is, you look out for each other. And so this guy who posted this Facebook picture, this girl passed out. I don't know how the picture came to be. I, I'm assuming he took it. I don't know. But if he took it and didn't do anything to help her and just put it on Facebook to shame her, he's a bad dude. That's a shame. And I'm not the bad person because I'm not the one posting the picture. I'm offering actual advice like, hey, ladies, if you're going to go out in public, make sure if you're going to have a couple cocktails that you're with a friend. And if you're not with friends, make sure you don't drink anything unless it comes out of a bottle and you watch the bartender take the cap off. I'm just saying. But here again, we are not equipping our children, men and women, with how to behave. Guys get drunk in parties. Hook up with some chick, she can come back and accuse you of rape. You should tell your son that's a huge problem. So instead of telling girls, oh, you're never at fault, all guys are jerks. No, there are ways you could prevent that. If I leave my laptop sitting on the front seat of my car, it's not my fault if somebody takes it. But guess what? I put it in a vulnerable situation. It's the same with women and men. You shouldn't put yourself where you could be hurt. The same with this friend of mine, this girl that I met basically a stranger until that point, who was walking up the street, looking very vulnerable, beautifully dressed in shoes that were absolutely making her vulnerable. I'm trying to help. That's what I'm trying to do. So it's not about victim blaming. It's about saying, you know what, let's try to help people. And she should not have been walking up that street by herself. These are all life lessons you need to teach people. And it's all about teaching them what the real world is like. You're not going to teach that to your kid who lives at home until he's 30. You're not going to teach that to boys or girls who live at home until the day they get married. They are not equipped for some of the real challenges in life. That's the point. So it's not about shaming people. It's about saying, hey, here's some common sense that your grandfather would have had no problem instilling in a kid. Pretty sad, isn't it? I'm Heidi Harris. You can join me for my live show at 6.70 a.m. KMZQ, weekdays 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., live from the Las Vegas Strip. Pick up a copy of my brand new book, Don't Pat Me on the Head. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. There's some great advice in there, especially if you're somebody who finds yourself swimming against the cultural current like I often am. I've got some great advice in there about basically any career, how to survive blowbacks and setbacks. I've been through all of it. And it's a great book, and it's getting a lot of great reviews on Amazon. So check it out. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Until we meet again on live radio at 670 AM KMZQ, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottbow.